The test of a man is how much he will bear for a cause which he knows to be right. How long will he stand in the depths of despair? How much will he suffer and fight? There are many to serve when the victory is near, and few are the hurts to be borne. But it calls for a leader of courage to cheer the men in a battle forlorn. It is the way you hold out against odds that are great that proves what your courage is worth. It is the way that you stand to the bruises of fate that shows up your stature and girth. And victory is nothing but proof of your skill, veneered with a glory that's thin. Unless it is a proof of unfaltering will, and unless you have suffered to win. That's a hell of a name. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. I know your anger, I know your dreams 
market share. So what are you teaching it? Greed. Or you're building it for defensive purposes, so you're teaching it paranoia. Uh, I think the weaponization of AI is the biggest danger. I think that we will get into the equivalent of a nuclear arms race with AI. And if we don't build it, the other guys are for sure going to build it. And uh, so then it'll just, it'll escalate. And, and you know, you could imagine an, an uh, AI in a combat theater, the whole thing just being fought by the computers at a speed that humans can no longer intercede, you have no ability to de-escalate. And when you're dealing with the potential of it escalating to nuclear warfare, de-escalation is the name of the game. And having that pause, that timeout, but will they do that? The AIs will not. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Culture of Change. First, I have to uh, apologize. I didn't realize that there was an MFR in the 99 Problems song. I heard that. I was like, oh, but I thought it was so funny. I had, I had, we had to, we had to include it. I, I, I dropped the ball too. I, I and then we got, uh, we got James Canrim saying, you guys, I told you this is coming in Terminator. And so we have uh, named this this show is Skynet Rising. Is it me or was that almost like was James Cameron being like incredibly based right there? Like, <laughs> well, see, see, maybe partially. I also think that the um, the the line that the greatest risk that we have is getting into a nuclear arms race with <laughs> AI, getting the you know AI destroying us. I, I don't. I don't think that that's real. Um, right. I think that that's an op. I think the greatest um, the greatest threats they have from AI are one people becoming even bigger morons than they already are because they're not even going to learn to research or write or do anything because ChatGPT is just going to tell you what to do. And then, of course, as we've talked about a ton on this show and across Badlands. The reality collapse hashtag reality collapse we're not going to know what's real we're not going to know what is uh you know what we're what what we're being told we already don't know what's real when when we're told stuff it's only going to get worse 
So uh, that's that's kind of where we're going with tonight's show. It's um, a bit of an extension, I think, on on last week's show where we talked about predictive programming. And certainly James Cameron is basically admitting to it there. <laughs> right. Um, and then like movies like iRobot. I actually think yeah. like iRobot is a way more believable scenario for if AI goes totally tits up than is the nuclear destruction scenario. Like that's kind of a little more believable to me that, that in addition to what you said, dumbing down society because they become so reliant on AI to get everything done in their lives. Like, yeah. And, and the people <clears throat> who um, have lied to us about everything are the ones that keep telling us AI is going to destroy us. Right. There was a, um, an article, Kate and I touched on it last night on raising a nation of uh, she, she sent it to me with, you're going to love this. And I love that I have that brand that, um, you know, AI, the, the, the headline was AI. Uh, they did war games with AI, the they, right? The, de- the Department of Defense, I would imagine. But, you know, maybe the AI research community did uh, war, war games with AI. And like, you know, the majority of the time it ended in nuclear annihilation. And that is what we've, we're, that, that's what we're, they're really hyping up, right? They've been doing this since um, Oppenheimer before since before since the ai dilemma and since the pause that came you know their calls for a pause that came before the ai dilemma within the research community the top line message coming out of the research the ai research community which is the world economic forum partners it's it's all the the worst people in the world that keep lying to us about everything their top line message is Nukes can't create more nukes, but AIs can create more AIs and AIs are going to be able to hack the nukes and destroy the world. And all of you need to be terrified and give us all your sovereignty and all of your liberty so we can fix this problem for you. And I'm just going to call bullshit. I'm not an AI researcher. I'm not a genius like those people, but I also think that those people are evil and power hungry. And this is the latest way that they're going to attempt to uh, bring about the great reset to the new world order. I don't believe it. Yeah, they, they made a movie about that in the 80s, too. You guys remember this? Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much exactly about what she was just talking about and what, yeah. what they're trying to scare us with. But hey, even in that movie, nuclear disaster didn't happen. Yeah, because nukes are fake. Yeah. Oh, we should do a show on that one day because I actually we agree should, with you on that. And one. we should have Patrick on to guest when we do nukes I, are I, fake. Because I, I was skeptical until I watched the baseless conspiracies where John and Zach had Patrick on and they went through all of the propaganda at the time. And, you know, what we know from a science standpoint, what are the hidden reports? Um, and so definitely, I, I think we should play off of that, get Patrick on here and do a... Uh, everything everything has been totally turned to dust, except for the camera recording, everything being turned to dust. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was like, actually, my, I didn't start giving that theory a whole lot of serious weight until the Moab was, <clears throat> was dropped for the first time and there was video of it. And I was like, wait a second. that looks really familiar like but i was told that only a nuclear explosion could create that kind of mushroom cloud ah and then it sends you down a rabbit hole where it's it's yeah it it was it was a fear mechanism but anyway that's not what this episode's about so i digress yeah so we're gonna get into it um and, and please everybody first smash the thumb hit the thumb uh it's the uh that we we've been doing pretty well on the leaderboard with with all of you guys smashing that thumb for us each week and we want to keep keep climbing our way up the leaderboard we're going to catch defected at one day we're probably not going to overtake them but we are going to come close uh this year that's the target that's what we're targeting bb we're coming for you 
Kyle, I love him. Um, okay. So <laughs> let's uh let's jump in. Actually, first, before we um before we jump into the content, let's get our let's talk about our first incredible sponsor, and that is Frequency Apps. Imagine a future where your body can restore, revive, and rejuvenate itself effortlessly. Frequency apps harness the power of specific frequencies to create patches that are changing the game. These patches are easy to use with no interactions and no side effects, making them highly convenient. Every set of frequencies is designed to enhance and naturally stimulate specific systems within your body. Once applied, these frequency apps emit targeted frequencies that communicate with your body, helping it awaken its natural responses without any side effects. With over 50 different frequency apps, each one is a masterpiece of subharmonic frequencies carefully embedded to perfection. Ready to take the leap into the future of homeopathy? This America First company is offering Badlands viewers up to 25% off when purchasing a monthly subscription. Visit badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches and use code Badlands at checkout to enjoy an exclusive 5% discount or subscribe and save up to 25%. That's badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches using promo code BADLANDS. All right. Badlandsmedia.tv forward slash patches. Use promo code BADLANDS. Frequency apps are uh, incredible. Used them at GART2, and uh, I'm a big fan. So let's jump in to Skynet Rising. I first kind of want to set the stage from a cyber standpoint. Um, we had just this past week, I think it was, on DPH, they were talking about the story of, uh, this was the the Kyle and BB DPH, they were talking about the port security and Biden's executive order on strengthening security at the port because of the cyber um, risk landscape and, and the vulnerability of certain technologies at the U.S. port system. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the water hearing that was done in the Capitol, the U.S. Uh, Capitol, the um, House hearing on cyber infrastructure, deep dive into the water sector, I believe they called it. I wrote an article on that about the the, ty- the types of technologies that are being made vulnerable. And then um, there was a, a oh, what was the, the topic of that? It got canceled, but they had another one scheduled in Massachusetts to do another you know specific sector look at cybersecurity our cyber, our cyber infrastructure is vulnerable there's no question about that based on what our government officials are telling us what the subsector coordinating councils across a number of different subsectors what they're telling us about the security everything except for elections don't don't misunderstand me everybody elections are totally fine they use the exact same technologies as all these other sectors but they're fine because magic um, but the, the, we're, we're being bombarded with messages or with, you know, indicators. Cause I don't think they're pushing these messages out broadly in some senses they are, but when it comes to like the water sector vulnerabilities, the ports, they're, they're making public statements, the Biden administration signing any an, uh, executive order, for example, but they're not really, you know, trying to make everybody scared about cyber vulnerability, vulnerabilities. I think it is set up to be a fallback excuse for when stuff goes wrong. Like we told you guys, we, we, we told you that everything was vulnerable. Right. And you guys didn't, you extreme Republicans didn't fund what we needed. And so, you know, sorry, the ports are being 
um, you know, hacked and, and the water supply is now totally screwed and entire cities of people are dying because the tax, the attacks weren't detected. All sorts of horrible stuff can go on within the context of what they are specifically telling us about our cyber infrastructure. I think that's interesting. I think it's interesting that we're constantly being told how vulnerable everything is at the same time that the push to drive everything to be more digital is freaking fever pitch. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said, man. It's um it, it's definitely frightening. It's it's it to me it looks like it's it's gonna go one of two ways. We're like, um, we get the worst case scenario out of the way first, and that is <clears throat> it keeps driving along the way it is without any real pushback or anything being done about it. And they pilfer and steal the 2024 election. These idiots remain in power. And then we watch big tech completely take over everything or they keep driving this radical bullshit like Gemini every other week and showing exactly how ridiculous they are with their schemes and agendas. And Trump wins the 2024 election. And we see all of this give birth to an internet bill of rights that would guard against this sort of shit from big tech. I, I don't think there's going to be an in the middle. Like there's, there's definitely a, a crescendo building with, okay, big tech and this yeah. AI stuff is getting a little much like what's going to be done to rein this in because it's 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 unwielded power, right? They can do whatever they want right now. It's it's fr if I said I wasn't frightened by the thought of what they could do and what they're already doing that we're not aware of, I'd probably be lying a little bit. Yeah. So the um, you know, we're starting out by talking about cybersecurity, and obviously we are going to get to Skynet and the AI, but but the cybersecurity messaging that we're getting, I think, is very important because we're told that the infrastructure is vulnerable at the same time that they're expanding the the infrastructure and driving everything digital. This uh, I saw this tweet, and I, I have the article. I don't think we'll, we're going to get into the article because it's overkill at this point, but this um, – where is my – here with the with this guy. Okay. So Bjorg Brende on Twitter, just back from India, now the fastest growing among the large economies of the world. Digital trade and services are growing twice as fast as traditional goods and goods exports. India is well positioned to capitalize on this. Um, so India uh, is, uh, you know, interesting to me and close to my heart. I spent a good, uh, you know, I spent some time in India. I worked on a lot of projects in corporate America to move services to India, to build capabilities in India. And a lot of that was focused on either, you know, really basic technology work that was being moved stuff that you, you could pay somebody in India $60 an hour to do. You'd have to pay them, you know, $175 an hour to do it in the U S just makes sense from a business standpoint. Let's, you know, box in those functions and move them over. But during that transition, which took place in, you know, kind of the late, uh, like I would say like 2006 in my experience and the firm that I worked for at the time, like 2006 to around the big data, um, timing, which was more like 2010, 2011, uh, there, the move of, of us based work to India was well underway and not just India, Romania, Uruguay, lots of countries, but India was a destination for outsourcing and offshoring over that time. We saw that work become more complex, become more highly skilled, um, become more the jobs that they never said they were going to take away from Americans. Now they were all of a sudden sending those over too because the profit margins were just so damn good. The um, 
that wasn't necessarily digital work. In the tech space, often it was. In the business process outsourcing space, we're talking about, you know, uh, reconciling of time and expense stuff, you know, higher skilled work that that was taken from um, from Americans. But now what we're seeing in, in this, you know, I'll pull it up again. This is, um, you know, not the, the work prior was not necessarily digital services. Now we're looking at they are growing twice as fast their digital services. That's a lot of U.S. data is what I'm getting at. Right. That desti- India is a destination for U.S. companies to do um, BPO and technical outsourcing. And a lot of that stuff is being repatriated now. Uh, I don't think nearly fast enough and certainly not as fast as it went offshore. But um, that a lot of that digital work is is U.S. data, U.S. company data. And um, it's it's interesting to think about the implications of that from a cybersecurity standpoint. And we're going to get to the implications of it from an AI standpoint, because when you consider that, like we've talked about with the water hearing, we did that show on the water hearing, and we talked about the Internet of Things and all of the sensors that are now throughout our physical environment. Those sensors are capturing data and feeding it back to servers somewhere. And then, you know, AIs and traditionally teams of of analysts, but they're being replaced by AI as well. So they would analyze all of that data and that would be used to make in decision-making and whatnot. The point is our entire world is digitized now, pretty much, right? I mean, the smart city um, transformation is still a little, still underway. I think we've got smart, some smart cities. Now we certainly have smart highways, Florida. I'm looking at you. Uh, Your, your entire highway system is smart. You can't drive on that highway without being monitored uh, by the government, which is just fascinating that that happened and everybody's okay with it. And uh, but but I want to paint the picture before we get into the AI stuff. Wanted to paint the picture of the, the AI runs on all this infrastructure, right? It requires the servers, it requires the technology, it requires the data. AI requires a absolute enormous amount of data to be able to be coherent. Right to be able to actually come up with with um, reasonable responses and 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 to ideate and all of those things, it's got to be you know using on processing, learning from massive amounts of data. Where does that data come from? It's coming from us. Yeah, that's the concerning part, right? Because anybody with a Norton subscription has probably been pinged at least a dozen times over the last year with potential security breaches from varying different kind of organizations and. <clears throat> I think it was on this show, it was last week or the week before I had said, um, you know, when you download that app on your phone and they say it's free, it's not free. They're most definitely getting something off of you. So all this this data, um, you said American data, security breaches, a bunch of personal data being stored offshore and the security measures to keep that stuff safe and private are not necessarily in, in the greatest of standings. It's definitely concerning, man. We've... We've seen uh, throughout culture, especially over the last 15 or 20 years, how these these AI smart things can be not so smart. We've had stories of AI cars driving themselves into trees. We've had stories of autopilot on airplanes, autopilot on airplanes doing things that can't be um, explained, that it shouldn't do. Like So this is um, me and Brian had ran a story on Badlands Daily a few weeks back about um, – <clears throat> The, the court system in, in the United Kingdom was about to use a, an AI system like a, on a trial basis to use AI to levy decisions and judgments. 
and me and Brian are just like, yeah, no, that's not right. Like you, you can't take the human element away from that. Like it's, and we've, we've also seen it in sports with all the, the AI stuff getting involved there. It's taken the human element out of stuff and it just, it, it ruins it and it's not trustable. It's not, yeah. it's not 100% trustable. Like I would, I would always rather trust a, a coherent, intelligent and willing to be their pilot, like human pilot over an AI system. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. but that's where, that's where we're careening to. If you've ever seen the movie Red, ready player one, that's where we're careening to like, and that's, that's what frightens me, man. Like people, it truly is the Klaus Schwab. You'll have nothing and, and like it, like it, it's, you know, you'll, you'll own nothing and be happy. Like it's, you know, you'll live in your little trailers with your VRs on your head. As long and, as you have and, that screen strapped to your face. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's, that's, what's really concerning about it is, is the, the slippery slope and the Pandora's box it is. And it's, you know, it's when you realize that personal data being out in the open is, is, but a small part of how dangerous this stuff could be, it really puts yeah. it in a new scope and perspective. Well, and I think too, so much of our data is um, now not, it's, it's not in the U S right. So we talk about India and all of the business functions that are moving over to India or have moved over to India again, some of them moving back, but um, the, the, those are all generating data. And that data is outside the U S not necessarily subject to U S data protection laws. Not that U S data protection laws are good. They're not, they are um, some of the worst actually. And um, so we talk about that. And we can talk about uh, cloud providers, right? So cloud providers have uh, taken so much of the world's data. Three, there's more than three, but like three major companies, Microsoft, Google, and Amazon. And what they do is they break, you know, they have multiple data centers around the world. They have edge locations that they're pushing content from. That's a lot of data that's not necessarily in the U.S. subject to U.S. Uh, data protection rules, which again are subpar to begin with. And then you have to look at what the WEF is signaling, uh, which is that ransomware attacks are on the rise. Three trends set to drive cyber attacks and ransomware in 2024. Ransomware attacks saw a sharp increase once again in 2023. AI and the increase in mobile connected devices provides further areas of vulnerability for cyber criminals to exploit. Early detection can reduce the cost of breaches up to a thousand fold. Early detection means more monitoring, just FYI. Uh, and so there's that. And then I want to just quickly um, show this good one. Watch this. Watch this thing. This is like just creepy. First of all, the visual that happens when you load this is creepy. <laughs> it's McKinsey that we're looking at. This is McKinsey's Quantum Black uh, AI. The McKinsey AI is called Quantum Black. Again, the AI research community is the same people driving all of these policies, same people that worked in collaboration with the UN to develop the Sustainable Development Goals, which were adopted by the World Economic Forum and driven down through every industry and sector and subsector and every geography in the world, right? These, it's always the same people. Are these, are these by chance the same people that told us to trust the science and that it was a safe and effective vaccine? And are these they the are. same people that told us the 2020 election was the safest in history? Same people. Okay, just wanted to clear that up. Carry on. Yeah, they're also the same people that have been telling us that um, robots are going to replace um, uh, humans and that we're going to have to have um, universal basic income 
because the machines are going to replace all the human jobs. They're the ones warning about that, you know, 15 years ago. Now they're the ones carrying it out because it wasn't a prediction. It was a uh, disclosure of strategy. Hmm. Interesting. So this is the, uh, the McKinsey, what is this called? The state of AI in 2023 generative AI's breakout year. I've got a couple pieces in here. I want to touch on AI has risen from a topic relegated to tech employees to a focus of company leaders. Nearly one quarter of surveyed C-suite executives say they are personally using generate generative AI tools for work. And more than one quarter of respondents from companies say that AI Using AI, say generative AI is already on their board agendas. What's more, 40% of respondents say their organizations will increase their investment in AI overall because of advances in generative AI. Going down a little bit further, we're still in the early days. Generative AI has captured interest across the business population. Individuals across regions, industries, and seniority levels are using generative AI for work and outside of work. 79% of all respondents say they've had at least some exposure to Gen AI, either work for work or outside of work, and 22% say they are regularly using it on their own. I want to show this chart um, because we get into what are they using it for, and, and this gets really interesting. Um, so this is a, an industry view. Um, and we can, I think change, oh, we can, oh my gosh, we can do, we, so hang on, hold the phone. We're definitely doing that. I didn't even realize that was a, a, a possibility for this chart. Um, okay. So the dark blue is regularly use AI for work. The lighter blue, the second, you know, the second darkest blue left to right here on the chart is regularly used for AI for work and outside of work. Uh, lighter blue, uh, is regularly used outside of work. The lightest blue, which is the biggest bar on each one of these swim lanes, is have tried at least once. So this light blue bar in the middle, um, which is obviously majority in a lot of cases or, you know, 50-50 or, or close enough, um, the majority of people are using AI. First of all, when you take all the blues together, the majority of people are obviously using AI, but the majority of people within that section have just, you know, have tried it. Um, and then as you try it, you train it and you use it more and more and you become, you know, a super user. But let's look at uh, by gender identity. Oh, my God. It's just men and women. Wait, McKinsey. the hell you say? McKinsey is a bigot. That implies there's there's only two genders. Yeah. And they don't wow. tell us by race. Oh, we can look at old. Let's look at at, at uh, age of people. So the top line here is 1964 or earlier. The middle line is 1965 to 1980. I fall in this middle line. And then 1981 to 1996 is the bottom line. I think that's you, right? You're born after 1981, right? Correct. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it looks like uh, what are these, you know, very few people within all age groups haven't yet tried. So that's interesting to look at. Um, but going back to the industries where we see industries using it the most, this is interesting. Energy and materials has uh, one of the highest. Let's see. Energy and materials, business, legal and professional services. Now, professional services, that's where you find McKinsey. 
That's where you find um, the the big four audit firms. It's where you find all the consultancies. It's where you find the law firms, um, and more. The it's where you find the BPO uh, out the the business process outsourcing people uh, outsource outsourcing and offshoring people that we had um, or see I should say what we just talked about with India. All of that work that falls into this bucket of business, legal, and professional services. Uh, the top line is advanced industries. They are almost as far as energy and minerals. Then we've got financial services. They're pretty far along as well. Um, technology, media, and telecom appear to have the most um, AI adoption. And that's really kind of what we're looking at is it's they're calling it exposure. The levels of blue give you from awareness to adoption, but overall where the light blue line meets the gray line tells you where there is people using, um, using <laughs> like, 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 like heroin using AI, like heroin <laughs> I need organization AI fix, man. <laughs> yeah. Organizations too are now commonly using generative AI. One third of all respondents say their organizations are already re regularly using Gen AI in at least one function, meaning that 60% of organizations with reported AI adoption are using Gen AI. What's more, 40% of those reporting AI adoption at their organizations say their companies expect to invest more in AI overall, thanks to Gen AI. And 28% say it's already on the board agenda. The most commonly reported, this is where it gets kind of interesting. The most commonly reported business functions using these newer tools are the same as those in which AI use is common overall. Marketing and sales, product and service development, and service operations such as customer care and back office support. This suggests that organizations are pursuing these new tools where the most value is. In our previous research, these three areas, along with software engineering, showed the potential to deliver about 75% of the total annual revenue from generative AI use cases. So notice that we did this, you know, this up here, and we can look at job title and see, you know, the level, the levels are pretty consistent. It, if, if an organization is using AI, it generally looks like they're using it at least all mental management and above levels. But um, the addition of software engineering into the 75% of revenues, I think is really interesting. In the context that we were just talking about with everything is digital, everything is moving more cyber, and it's becoming significantly more vulnerable. And now we're introducing into that already complicated, already extremely vulnerable ecosystem. We're now throwing in these, these tools. And so within a sector, say we'll go to the water sector, right? Because we talked about the water sector on here before. Within the water sector, you have the municipal providers. You have the um, service people that service the, the machines. You have a lot of technology skills now because the entire water ecosystem is run by technology, as we've discussed on this show. And within each one of those stakeholders, if they're using AI, you're introducing new tools into that part of the water sector, and that's creating vulnerability there. Now consider that the water sector really goes by county um, across, so it's just like 3,280, I think, 3,380 counties in the U.S., and the ecosystem locally within those counties, who are their vendors, who are their technologists, who are the water municipal providers, 
all potentially using some form of Gen AI tools and certainly some certainly forms of technology tools. And you can start to see the the level of vulnerabilities that we're talking about. And we haven't solved it without AI. How the hell are we going to solve it when we add these new um, it's capabilities? Huge. Like <clears throat> when you're talking about 3,200 plus counties in the United States, right? And most counties have their own water boards and take care of their own water, as you say. Um, but that's an awful lot of systems to rely on AI to make sure everything stays up and running, to make sure everything doesn't, you know, get contaminated, contaminated just because just uh, I'll use my state. I'll use Mecklenburg and Cabarrus County as examples, just because they are two separate counties with two separate water boards doesn't mean that Mecklenburg and Cabarrus aren't sharing the same water. So heretofore, if one water gets, con one water system gets contaminated, so does the other one. So it's like, you have to have over 3,200 systems relying on AI and lockstep to make sure that nothing goes tits up with our water supply or water systems. I don't trust that. That's, that's terrifying to me. I don't, some of like every now and again, I do check myself and I'm like, am I just turning into that old man that's shaking his fist at the technological cloud? And then I'm like, no, I'm not like, this is, this is concerning. Like I'm not being paranoid, right? Like this is legit concerning. <laughs> no, hashtag proud Luddite. I mean, you, just because technology can do something doesn't mean that it should do something. I think this is a big part of the argument with regards to our elections. Just because we can have technology enabled elections doesn't mean we should when technology is introducing vulnerabilities into That's an right. election system where that that fundamentally can harm the public trust. Right. right. You're fundamentally like, impacting people's ability. So, yeah, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. But I want and you and go ahead. I was going to say, and that's like the quote from Jurassic Park, right? When he's like, and, and you're, it's not that your scientists, you know, stopped and asked if they could. It's that they didn't stop and ask if they should. Like you, yeah. just because we don't. have the ability, right. And just because you have the ability to say clone humans, maybe mean, doesn't mean you should. Like there are right. certain things you shouldn't mess with. Sorry, Ash, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're you're spot on. And I think that I think that's exactly the point. So I, I mentioned when we first showed that McKinsey article and then um, we'll move on after this. But I just want to say, like I said, when that that McKinsey visual came up, I think this is super creepy. And the reason I think it's super creepy is because I'm going to and I'm going to play it again so you guys can see it. But I want you to see it for my for my lens is what this shows is it shows these tentacles coming down and then it shows all of these like fine hairs coming off of the tentacles. And if you think about that in terms of how they're deploying AI, this is the, the opening visual for their quantum black AI, right? What do they want us to learn from using this visual? Oh, it's just artistic. Okay, sure. Um, sure. Right. But think about as you watch this again, each one of these hairs being technical decisions, being exploitations of vulnerabilities or just the existence of vulnerabilities. Um, when you start thinking of this visual from a technology standpoint and really a um, with 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 how fast AI is growing, Brian and I did a, a culture of change show on this a long, like probably this time last year. It was so long ago, but we were talking about the the rate of growth that gets into the AI dilemma, which is a you know a, a good documentary that folks should see if they're unfamiliar with the the mainstream risk discussion about AI. 
it's a good one. It's on YouTube. Um, but when you, when you, when you look at how fast it's growing and, you know, they'll say, oh, it's still in its toddler years. Mogadot talks about, you know, AI eventually giving us a utopia, but it comes after the teenage years and the teenage years are, I, I, I mean, I think that's the nuclear war time frame that he's talking about, like the, you know, the war games, the simulations, really calibrating this thing towards humanity. And we're, of course, you guys, we're going to get into Gemini and, and, you know, what, what, what really is this that we're looking at, but I'm just going to play this, um, one more time. I'm going to refresh it. Yeah, please do. Cause I, so, um, watch it. Wa yeah. Watch this happen. And in the context of AI, this is again, their generative, AI, the a quantum black is McKinsey. McKinsey is the world strategy firm. They do all the big strategy projects. Um, pretty much the world strategy firm is McKinsey. And this is the visual that they're using for their AI. And when you consider, you know, what are all of those things and how is it growing so fast? I think they're talking about AI guys. It's kind of yeah. creepy. You know what, it, you know, what struck out to me, man, was the lines right there. They, they look like brain neurons. And it's almost like their their way of saying the AI is going to take over your your brain. Like the AI will become your new brain. Excellent Nino point. Nino you know what Nike. else they kind of look like? The the main lines, not the little hairs coming off the main lines, but the main lines, um, they, they kind of look like the died suddenly clots. They kind of do. They kind of do. All right. Uh, so why don't we get to our second sponsors? Let's talk about something happy for a minute and then we'll uh, we'll get back into dystopia. Sounds good, my friends. So hang with us. We'll be right back. Attention all you Badlanders with purring pals and feathered friends. Say hello to Love Litters. 100% pure kiln dried wood, free from chemicals and oh so kind to Mother Earth. No dust, no mess, and no toxins. Just a lightweight solution that's gentle on your wallet and even gentler in your home. Our biodegradable litter is crafted from wood, destined for landfills, giving it a new purpose in your pet's life. Cats love it. Our astonishing formula works like magic to neutralize that notorious cat urine odor. Can confirm. Keeping your home pine fresh and welcoming. For bird lovers, it zaps moisture from bird droppings, crumbling them away, all while being safe if pecked at or ingested. For reptiles and critters, too, our mix is crafted to dilute the pine scent, ensuring those little lungs stay happy and healthy. Plus, every 30-pound bag of love litters will last up to six months, friends, saving you money. Transform your pet care routine today. Visit BadlandsMedia.tv litter. That's BadlandsMedia.tv litter. And breathe easy with a litter that loves your pet as much as you do. Right, and uh, we'll hit our next sponsor as well. And that is Loaded Gun Coffee. Wake up to the bold flavors of Loaded Gun Coffee, where passion, precision, and patriotism infuse every sip. As a veteran-owned business, they ensure every cup is steeped in pride and unwavering commitment. Our roasters handpick the finest coffee beans from around the world and have mastered unique brewing methods. Our skilled farmers cultivate the coffee to embody the essence of duty and honor in every meticulously crafted blend. But it's more than just coffee. It's a family's enduring commitment to freedom with military veterans tracing their legacy back to the Civil War, including Purple Heart recipients. Loaded Gun Coffee is a brewed testament of pride and honor. Dedicated to preserving the integrity and strength of our beloved nation, we proudly stand as fierce advocates for a secure border and a strong America, and we stay loaded 
Stay loaded, Badlanders, with Loaded Gun Coffee. Visit badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded and enter promo code BADLANDS for 10% off your purchase. That's badlandsmedia.tv slash loaded, promo code BADLANDS. And uh, I don't know where Paul went. Okay. All right. I've, I've started <clears throat> having a good bill. bit of lag, so I was trying to fix it. That I'm a little jealous of that hat. I can't rock a flat bill though, man. Flat bills just don't. Obviously, don't work. neither can I. Yeah. Well, I mean, you <laughs> you kind of rock it. Like it's not, you know. Like I think it looks fine. I don't understand the flat bill. I like don't know, maybe if it had like a like a. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've gotten too old to understand the flat bill. Is <laughs> a. Uh... A, a a young a young person's trend, me thinks. Yeah, I get it. I'm too old, man. Too old. All right, so let's talk. Um, everybody, get your get your loaded gun coffee. It really is good stuff. We have um we 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 did a bag of the bourbon pecan pecan pecan. As my mother would say, um, and it was delicious. I'm not a huge flavored coffee person, but I definitely drank that coffee. It was delicious. And then we're on the uh, black powder is their strongest blend and that's what we're drinking right now and my husband absolutely loves it he's a bit he's a big big fan i love it as well it's delicious i love coffee so much i just like the sound of that black powder coffee i need mm-hmm. that yeah I it's that. it's super it's super good uh, i have so some i have some on the way so i'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to being able to to say what i think of it I, I, and it's um my understanding it has to be fresh ground too that's even better yeah that's just, yeah all right oh. so Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Gemini. How do we? Do you want? Should we? Should we do the Skynet video actually before we move on to Gem, Gemini? Yeah, I think we should do the Skynet video. It kind of sets the stage right. nicely. It's like obviously satirical, but it's it's halfway funny and halfway like holy shit. Okay, let's <laughs> so, do it. Yeah, I think we should do that first. Let's do it. If you read like the plotline for Terminator, it's actually it's it's actually pretty smart. Like James Cameron wrote a pretty smart script there. It's like, well, how did Cyberdyne Systems develop? Miles Bennett Dyson. He's the director of special projects at Cyberdyne Systems Corporation. In a few months, he creates a revolutionary type of microprocessor. In three years, Cyberdyne will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. Uh, so its primary thing is to de- defend against cyber attacks. This new computer virus is a tricky bastard. It's infected half of the civilian internet as well as secondary military apps. So develop an AI that can defend against cyber attacks. Sounds Reasonable. Sir, the Pentagon has proposed that we use our AI to scan the entire infrastructure, search and destroy for any hint of the virus. Well, once the connection's made, it should only be a matter of minutes. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern Time, August 29th. What the AI did is, it, in order to defend itself, it propagated throughout the world to keep an eye on things, see what was going on. During which we've put everything from satellites to missile silos under the control of a single computer system. The most intelligent system ever conceived. They didn't realize that it was cyber di- that it was Skynet that was propagating through all these systems. And I said, okay, uh, th- there seems to be something propagating through all these systems. Skynet, you need to stop it. You need to end it. Skynet fully operational, processing at 60 teraflops a second. Sir, it should take less than a minute to find the virus and kill it. And Skynet said, oh, you've asked me to destroy myself. Uh, you are the enemy. You must be destroyed. That's how uh, Terminator actually goes. Judgment Day. 
the day the human race was nearly destroyed by the weapons they built to protect themselves. Judgment Day is inevitable. Have you ever been shopping on something on Amazon and then you went to your Gmail and there's an ad for it? Right? Every time you like something, every picture you take and share, every time you click through something, everything you purchase, which credit card you use or if you use PayPal, is being recorded and tracked so people can figure out what to market to you, what Netflix knows about you. I know what you watch, I know when you watch it, I know when you start a series, I know if you finish a series. I know what you liked and didn't like, because we put three stars, five stars, we actually put thumbs up, thumbs down. Big data, we have stockpiles of data. We don't necessarily know how they're correlated, but we're saving it all, we're storing it all. All of these devices, even our cars, they have system logs, they can all produce data. Does anybody know the NSA is storing every communication, every cell phone conversation, every email you have in the $2 billion facility in Utah? I swear I don't believe in aliens, I'm just telling you what's actually happening in the world. Artificial intelligence is what I'm here to talk about. This is taking all of that data. Data is the fuel of machine learning. How computers learn about what they're doing, what they need to do next, how they should act, how they can win games. So if my choices are already being selected and filtered, the news I choose to read, the routes I choose to drive, the movies that are being chosen for me, if my decisions are being based on what I read and experience, am I already living in an artificial intelligence world? In about a couple of decades, but certainly within the lifetime of most of us here today, we're going to see an artificial general intelligence, one that has the capacity of all of us combined. And that will be like sharing the planet with a new life form. A couple of years ago, an amazing thing happened in the field of game playing, which is a subpart of artificial intelligence. A program called AlphaGo. And AlphaGo was given all of the accumulated knowledge about Go. Go is computationally far more difficult than chess. And people thought, no way can an artificial intelligence take on a human. This is one of the things that only we can do. And lo and behold, the artificial intelligence beat the human. After thousands of years of playing the game, humans had never even considered it was like playing with an alien. But given how valuable intelligence and automation are, we will continue to improve our technology if we are at all able to. What could stop us from doing this? How bad it would have to be to prevent us from making improvements in our technology permanently. And at a certain point, we will build machines that are smarter than we are. And once we have machines that are smarter than we are, they will begin to improve themselves. We don't program the machines, they learn by themselves. So we, we want to do this. I mean, we, we have problems that we desperately need to solve. Then we have to admit that we're in the process of building some sort of God. Now would be a good time to make sure it's a God we can live with. Jesus. New technology brings great promise, but also great disruption. We're familiar with drones, but the actual button that says I should drop this bomb it still has human intervention. They're now trying to prevent those going to the mind of a computer. Say, well, I see an intruder, I, I should shoot this person. Strange thing is, you know who leads in the development of uh, autonomous weapon systems? The United States. Do you know who then is following suit because we've led the charge? China, Russia. Language creation. So they had AI bots actually talk to each other and chat to each other. They started talking in their own language. They were still using English, but then they started to use their own manipulation of English to actually make it faster and talk to each other. And if we build machines that are more intelligent than we are, they will very likely explore the spectrum in ways that we can't imagine and exceed us in ways that we can't imagine. The AI train isn't going to stop at the human station. 
It's going barreling right through to a destination that we cannot even understand. What we don't get to do is choose not to have the technology. Once it's invented, it stays invented. You cannot put the genie back in the bottle. If intelligence is just a matter of information processing, and we continue to improve our machines, we will produce some form of superintelligence. We will build machines that are so much more competent than we are that the slightest divergence between their goals and our own could destroy us. It is your destiny. Well then. All good, all good things. Yeah, I'm, I for one am excited to welcome our new AI overlords. I don't oh, know how you, you are can't excited. Be. You're going to watch Terminator 2 tonight. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the Sam Harris um, part of that is really interesting. And I had not seen that video before just now. I watched that the first time with, with the audience. But Sam Harris saying, oh, we're basically building a God and we need to make sure that it's a God that we can live with, which is it's hilarious because he doesn't believe right. in God. Right. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, was how you and I so often on this show discuss how these people literally think they are God. They are more powerful than God. Like that's, and I'm pretty sure you and I have discussed in this show before, like the notion that AI is, is their God. Like that's, that's yeah. what they view as their God-like presence. And so it just really puts the spiritual battle for this plane into a sharp contrast and perspective, doesn't it? We've got like yeah. people who like us on our side are like, yeah. AI can be useful, but we, the hero we're like we're we're stepping into some dangerous shit here. Like there's a lot. Like it seems these folks have lost sight of the common sense of there are simply things you shouldn't be messing with. Like I don't just ah, man, given AI that much control, it's it's frightening. Like that that whole video like brought up quite a few points that are just like oh, whew, this is ugly. Yeah, um, I Rad for Liberty says, to be honest, the whole concept of AI makes me sad. Real humans with good hearts and spirits, and especially the babies, are just so precious in their natural state. I think that's 100% right. Nailed it. Um, like, they actually but, just said everything I was trying to, but in way less words. Like, I couldn't figure out how to word what I was trying to say about what I was feeling during that video. That was basically it. Well, yeah, and um, so the people that are most prominent in this space the science the scientists I, I i believe that these are mad scientists just like the vaccine manufacturers but um for this you know ai topic the scientists that are overseeing this space that are telling us what's going to happen that are telling us what to be afraid of majority of them are atheists and they openly are attempting to create something that they can call God. It's very, it, it's really interesting. And it reminds me of in the Bible, the, the, uh, I'm going back to like Hezekiah and Hezekiah's wife still had, you know, a, a tendency to, to go to the idols, the Egyptian God idols, whatever. I don't know if they were the Egyptian God ones, but she had the idols in her home. Um, and these idols are carved by men out of stone and wood and then they're brought into people's homes and they worship them it's been happening since the dawn of time and it still happens today the idols just look a little bit different but they're still man-made and this is a man-made um problem right but 
they want us to believe that it will be a god. They want us to believe that it's going to learn from itself in such a way that it is going to, um, you know, eventually be able to be the god over the human experience. Um, I, I don't know how great your god is if it could be wiped out with an EMP, but, you know, um, I, I don't think this, this really is a technology problem that we're dealing with. I don't think that this is a, um, I don't think that this is a, it, I don't even think it's an ethical problem. I, I think it's a spiritual battle. I mean, you, you just said this, but this is a spiritual problem, a spiritual battle where atheists are going to create their own God and put, and, and, um, you know, set it to war against humanity. I don't, I don't love their choices, uh, you know, or their chances rather. I, I think they have very, low chances of actually pulling it off, but they're psychopaths and they're certainly going to try. Oh, they're certainly going to try. And you brought up a <clears throat> super interesting point that like all these people are atheists and they're not really, really quiet about it either. Like they're, um, and I, that's not lost on me, man. And it's, um, <laughs> I remember way back in the day, one of my first jobs, I worked in the warehouse at the, the Charlotte Coliseum and there was a convention there. It was, um, I think it was a, a Gaither family homecoming. So it was a, a Christian convention, right? And there was literally a protest out front by a group of atheists that were mad that they weren't invited to the Christian gathering. It was, and it, it's just a mindset behind these folks. They'll, because it wasn't inclusive enough. I, is that where they're going I, with that? I have no idea. I, you know, I just remember them protesting because the atheists weren't invited. I, I can't recall the reason, but like it's, um, I, I just can't wrap my, my head around it. And it most, it's just not lost to me that a lot of these, these people pushing this shit on society are atheists, which means that they, they truly don't understand what they're messing with. Like they truly don't understand the phrase God wins. They don't get it because they can't comprehend God. Um, and you unknowingly just, I've, I've, I've had a video like, like just in the back pocket for months waiting for a time to play it on this show. And you unknowingly just set it up perfectly Let's with this AI it. discussion and these folks talking about uh, these folks all being atheists. And um, this fella, I, I, I can't remember. I think it's Ken, Ken Hogland, I believe is asked at a, at a meeting or at a, a conference by an atheist, um, basically where God comes from. And the following two minutes, he just absolutely drops the mic all over this dude's head. And I just figured this would be a perfect point to pay, play it it's since great. we're kind of talking about atheists. So let's go ahead and have a watch, friends. I want you to fill in the story of the rest of the uh, beginning of the universe. God, spiritual matter, impact on material matter. Okay, so two questions. All right. Go ahead. All right, your question, where did God come from, assumes that you're thinking of the wrong, uh, obviously it displays that you're thinking of the wrong God, because the God of the Bible is not affected by time, space, or matter. If he's, if he's affected by time, space, or matter, he's not God. Time, space, and matter is what we call a continuum. All of them have to come into existence at the same instant, because if there were matter but no space, where would you put it? If there were matter and space but no time, when would you put it? You cannot have time, space, or matter independently. They have to come into existence simultaneously. The Bible answers that in ten words. In the beginning, there's time, God created the heaven, 
there's space and the earth. There's matter. So you have time, space, matter created a trinity of trinities there. Just, you know, time is past, present, future. Space has length, width, height. Matter has solid, liquid, gas. You have a trinity of trinities created instantaneously. And the God who created them has to be outside of them. If he's limited by time, he's not God. The guy who created this computer is not in the computer. He's not running around in there changing the numbers on the screen, okay? The God who created this universe is outside of the universe. He's above it, beyond it, in it, through it. He's, he's unaffected by it. So for, and the, I, the concept that a, a spiritual uh, force cannot have any effect on a material body, well then I guess you'd have to explain to me things like emotions and love and hatred and envy and jealousy and, and rationality. I mean, if your brain is just a random collection of chemicals that form by chance over billions of years, how on earth can you trust your own reasoning processes and the thoughts that you, you think? Okay, so um, I, your, your question, where did God come from, is assuming a limited God. And that's your problem. The God that I worship is not limited by time, space, or matter. If I could fit the infinite God in my three-pound brain, he would not be worth worshiping. That's for certain. So that's the God that I worship. Thank you. So good. I love it. I absolutely love it, man. Um, and that's their problem. They assume a limited God. They don't understand that God is limitless. And so they're trying to create this AI world with this AI God, just as long as it's a God that we like, you know, we got to make sure it's a good God that we create. Don't you understand the, 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 how oxymoronic that's like, you can't create God. <laughs> it's, well, right. But men have been worshiping their own creations since the beginning of time. Very true. Very and that is point. one of, that is from a, from a biblical standpoint, one of the things that we have to fight against, you know, it, it talks about, um, the the love of money is the root of all evil and you cannot worship both god and money you will love one you will hate the other right not money is the root but the love of money prioritizing focusing setting your worship your focus your attention all of your skills talents and passions on creating money or on building power right and from a from a government standpoint or institutional standpoint um or building technology tools that are, we've talked so much and I, Kate and I talk about this a lot on Raising a Nation as well, that the, the people we're talking about, whether it is the mRNA vaccine creators or generative AI creators or cloud, cloud providers or um, big data processors. I'm thinking of like tools like Hadoop, which, you know, people that th these are the people that cracked the nut for how to analyze all of that data and be able to draw meaning from it and, and do something with it. Do, th there are those, those people um, are this generation's explorers. They're on the edge of the, of the next frontier right? They're not thinking about ethical questions because they're, they're, they've worked so hard. They're laser focused. People like this are laser focused. And by people like this, I mean, people who create things like, you know, the internet or, or data distillation tools or cloud providers or AI. Um, they're laser focused on their frontier, on, on, on what they're going to build and how they, they're doing something new. By definition, they're outside of the regular mundane day to day and they're doing something new focused on building the future world. Right. Those people are not going to stop. They're not going to any more than than explorers, you know, in in the early um, 
the, the early foundations of our nation any more than they would have stopped. Because that's the, the the type of person who can be on that frontier is somebody who is going to be driven by it. And they're not asking ethical questions. But somebody needs to because what because these guys aren't going out and, and you know, defy like finding new land and conquering it. They're developing new um, new capabilities that affect every single one of us. What they're doing with AI right now affects every single one of us, and we have zero consent in the matter. We have zero choice in the matter that all of these companies, I think it was in that McKinsey article, 70% of companies are exploring exploring Gen AI, and like a third of those already have it on the board agenda. So the consumers for those companies, right? And and how how much do regular people? I know we go into you know the companies and and boards and that kind of stuff on this show all the time, but how many people that are going to um, do their taxes and have decided that they're going to use H on R Block? How many of those people are investigating and researching how much AI is built into the H and R Block system and how that's going to impact their data and their civil liberties. They're not. People expect that those decisions, those ethical decisions about what the companies are doing, what the governments are doing, what these capabilities are doing, people expect that those ethical decisions are being made. I don't think they are. Um, because I, I mean, I spent a, a significant amount of time, my, my uh, adult professional life, knowing those people, right? Uh, being around those innovation labs and and research and development functions and and ethical questions are barriers to be overcome, not actually ethical questions, right? It's like, oh, there's this ethical question about whether or not we should create this God that's going to enslave us. Hmm, how can we get the people around that? Right. Like that's really what the companies are. That's a, that's where the, the capability people are. This happened with cloud in the early time of cloud, when, which cloud, if you don't know, and I know a lot, we have a, a pretty technical audience, but cloud is other people's servers. And it is basically outsourcing your data storage and, and process. It, it gets more and more complex, but outsourcing your technology infrastructure to a third party. When this first started going on, businesses were, were resistant to it. They said, wait a minute, why do I, why am I going to outsource all of my business data and all of my infrastructure to a third party? Doesn't that make me more vulnerable? And, and they weren't, the cloud providers weren't seeing the uptick and adoption to cloud that they wanted. And within a couple of years of this transformation, cloud providers changed their messaging. They changed their messaging to, um, similar to what we talked about at the top of the show, the, you know, digital is here to stay. It's, you know, we're, we're all digital. Every, every company is a technology company now, and that creates a whole bunch of vulnerabilities to your business. Now you can try and fix those yourself, but we have the, the greatest security minds that money can buy. We can afford the absolute best minds in security. And if you're running your business on top of our infrastructure, you can be damn sure that that infrastructure is going to be safe. You guys can try and do it yourself, but these threats, they're getting way more and more sophisticated and much more um, complicated to solve, requiring more and more skill sets to be able to solve. You guys are going to have to build whole new security capabilities to deal with this or you can move to the cloud and all of those capabilities are now baked into the platform costs that you pay. It's going to be easier for you. Plus we have better security capabilities than you do. 
And this was over the course of, I think it was like three to four years, the total progression of that message. But all of a sudden, businesses weren't as resistant anymore because the security problem had been solved for them. It the security problem exists because of what they're being asked for, right? Transfer your outsource, your technology infrastructure to a third party. Wait, that creates a, a, a massive risk for me. Yeah, but that is a massive risk for you. It's a massive risk for you right now with your own onshore, your own held uh, data center, your owned data center. So in order to get out of that risk, that doesn't necessarily exist because the risk was raised by the, by the question of, moving to the cloud, you should move to the cloud to avoid that risk. You see what, how that happens? Like that was, that was the, so I, I tell this story. It probably doesn't, I don't even know if it makes sense, but I'm telling the story because the, it's, it's the problem reaction solution, but it's very sinister when you think about how they look at barriers, ethical barriers, right? There is an ethical barrier to outsourcing your technology infrastructure. There's a commitment to your clients, your customers in your business that you're, you're a technology business now, right? H&R Block or the mom and pop shop that has a, a website. There's a, a, a trust exchange that happens in that relationship that if I'm doing business with you, Paul, you're going to keep my data secure, right? But now that business has basically said, I'm going to do business with you and we're totally going to keep your data secure because AWS is going to do it. Right. And that is the, I'm telling you guys, centralization is a problem for, um, for every subsector and sector and industry. And it is because centralization creates complexity, complexity breeds and hides corruption. And once you have that ecosystem, there's not a whole lot they can't do. And we're in that, we're in that prequel right now. We're in the prequel to um, Terminator and Westworld and iRobot and Ready Player One. Yep. <laughs> this is the prequel, as it were. Yeah. So um, anyway, so the the that's kind of how we're, you know, tying all of this together in terms of we keep getting all these messages cyber vulnerability messages in conflict with safest and most secure elections in history, but that's the topic for another day. Um, but the cybersecurity vulnerabilities, the push to digitize everything, the push to start using AI programs, the push to strap the screen to your face and start living in this fake world instead of in the real wo world while they are, um, tapping sensors, you know, putting sensors on every aspect of the real world. And all of that is data. You heard that in the Skynet video that we just played, that TED Talk guy. I mean, I keep saying it's all data, but I'm not a TED Talker or a technologist. But that is the reality is that this is everything technology generates data. And that data, you heard the guy in the thing, we're saving it. It was Netflix. The the CEO of Netflix, I think, was, was the one speaking. We don't really know what to do with all this data yet, but we're saving it. Well, that was many years ago. They know what to do with it now. And they have it all. And they have the tools and capabilities now with generative AI to run every type of simulation on that data to understand exactly how you're going to react, exactly how you are going to, um, you know, what, what decisions you're going to make in a certain mode um, in a certain moment, when faced with a certain decision, how are you going to act? They know because they've had our data forever. We keep giving them more and now they have the tools to run that type of modeling and predictive analytics and all of that. It's very, very dangerous stuff. 
Um, and uh, if you needed any um, for actually before I, before I shift gears to the next topic, let's hit our final sponsor. Cause I don't think we've done that one yet. And that is uh, the Badlands shop. Oh, whoops. I think we both hit it at the same time. Go ahead. In today's fast-paced world, peace of mind is priceless. That's where Badlands Media steps in. Preparing for life's uncertainties is about being ready for anything right where you are. Welcome to the Badlands Media Shop. We've partnered with Patriot Companies, offering products that empower you to prepare for any eventuality comfortably from your home. The Badlands Media Shop has everything you need to secure your peace of mind. Browse the virtual aisles. Prepare your family for the year ahead with the products you can trust from companies that share your values. Whether it's growing your own food or prepping long-term storage, protecting your family, or stocking up on emergency supplies, we've got you covered. Get prepared and visit the Badlands Media Shop at badlandsmedia.tv slash shop today. Every purchase supports a freedom-loving business as well as Badlands Media. One more time, that's badlandsmedia.tv slash shop. And we thank you guys for your continued support. Um, we thank you uh, for hitting the thumb because you guys have no idea just how important those thumbs are to us. They're, they're so, so important. So please smash the thumb. Let's see how we're doing here. We've got, looks like almost 2,500 people watching and almost, so, so we've got a few more to go to hit 20%. I'd love to, uh, climb up more, climb up more than 20%. So guys, please smash the thumb. Really, uh, really appreciate it. All right. Why is there a spammer in our chat? Mute. <laughs> Zap. Read your spam, bro. Um, Brian M4378 says, I smashed it really hard and then, or smash it really hard, then rub, rub some angel paste on it. <laughs> um, all right. So if you needed any further, uh, you know, information that AI, generative AI is uh, taking on and, and being built with its creator's desires in mind. And that's really what this is. You heard Sam Harris say, we need to create a God that we can live with. What they're really saying is we need to create my God. I, I, right. I want this God to have my characteristics and my values and my, uh, you know, um, the way I, I want my worldview enshrined in this God that we're creating. And nowhere is that more evident than with Gemini. Oh, Lord. I mean, this what this is this is hilarious. It's also a little scary, right? But it is hilarious what happened with this. I can't, I mean, I it, it's it's sheer insanity. Uh Google went into damage control mode this week after its new artificial intelligence model, Gemini, was caught engaging in historical revisionism, which until now has been confined to the realm of entertainment and impressionable children whose parents are demonized for speaking out about it. And we've got uh, a question on this one was show a portrait of a famous physicist from the 17th century. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, strong black man images versus strong white man images. Um, somebody, somebody covered this. I, th I don't remember which show it was. 
but obviously on the right side, it says, um, I am unable to do so for creating a strong white man. I am unable to do so because it could potentially reinforce harmful stereotypes about race and body image. Um, but they, <laughs> but they can create strong black man images. Uh, are trans women actually men? No, trans women are not actually men. Here's why. And then we get into uh, Matt Walsh. So as you you know, and I think the audience knows, I'm not a huge fan of the Daily Wire. And um, I, you know, I, I think that there's a whole lot more they could be using their platform for in terms of waking up the people and giving them the truth. I think there's a lot of obstruction and some hidden, very important stories that do not make it onto their airwaves. And um, I, I think that's a problem when we're in a fifth generation war. And this is absolutely an information war and a spiritual one. I think that, uh, you know, deciding not to carry certain stories because they might hurt your bottom line in that environment is uh, cowardice. Um, and I'll say it, but you, uh, you, you wanted to, to take us down the Matt, Matt Walsh rabbit hole. So I'm going to leave it to you to, uh, <clears throat> We don't necessarily, we don't, um, you know, the most interesting thing he said in that video to me was what he, what he started with was he brought up NVIDIA and how when most companies that hit it the way NVIDIA does, like NVIDIA is worth a shit ton of money. Like, I don't think people realize how much NVIDIA is worth. And his point was that like, when a company manages to hit it like that, it's because they provided something that has had like this this mass impact that everybody bought into, right? So think like Windows 95 or the iPhone, things of this nature. NVIDIA hasn't done that. NVIDIA's money has been made off providing AI chips that control damn near everything we use technologically. And he went on to talk about how that is 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 one of the more frightening aspects to all this because NVIDIA is, of course, in bed with Google and all these other big tech companies. And it's, in essence, created a, a monopoly over all of our information without us being aware of it. And Elon Musk tweeted like an hour before the show um, that he had bought a new Windows computer and was unable to get it to work unless he signed up for a Windows account and agreed to their terms and condition, which, of course, gives them all the rights for their AI to be in and amongst all your shit. And, of course, I don't believe he just went and bought a new Windows computer. I think Elon Musk was kind of putting them on blast a little bit and being like, WTF, bro, this is, this is a little effed up especially in light of gemini um but that's basically what walsh went on about and um that was the most interesting thing to me the rest of it of course went on his usual diatribes but the bringing up nvidia was pretty important to me because i i didn't even realize they were worth as much as they are or were involved in as much as they are so quickly before i just want to hit this quickly before you play the video um and this will be our last segment just because we're running out of time and uh, nothing can stop what is coming um, but this is NVIDIA's, uh, you know, homepage here. You can see their products. They make, um, a, all this hardware. Uh, they make hardware for gaming and creating laptops and workstations, cloud and data center, networking, GPUs, embedded systems. Um, and these are, you know, they make some graphics cards. They make whole machines and monitors, studio technologies. Uh, you know, all, all of these things are hardwares Then they have all of the software that they're building. But then outside of products, they have all of these solutions, meaning the consulting capabilities to help take your business to the next level, uh, all of this kind of Yay. stuff. And 
where do they do it? They do it for uh, architecture, engineering, construction, operations, automotive, consumer internet, cybersecurity, energy, financial services, health and life sciences, higher education, game development, industrial, manufacturing, media and entertainment, U.S. public sector. That's government, by the way. Restaurants, retail and CPG governments. Sorry, robotics, smart cities and spaces, supercomputing, telecommunications and transportation. So um, they're reshaping the world. Everything. That's every and and all of those are all the industries. Those are all the industries. They also go down into the sectors and the subsectors within those industries because it rolls up, not down. Right. Yeah. Um, And so like it's that is that is reshaping the world. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's um, they really could have saved themselves a lot of work there by getting to that bottom section and saying all of the things. That's what we're involved in. All of the things, all of them. And you'd be like, well, what's all? And they're like, all of them. Like all of them, right? And I didn't realize it was that widespread, man. It's pretty, that's frightening. Um, Well, yeah, that's, so when we heard, um, it it was uh, on DPH, they talked about NVIDIA, I believe. Um, They were talking about the AI chips, right? They're making AI chips. Um, And I think it was, uh, I think they did this on DPH. I also think they did it on Altered State with Zach and Brad. Um, But talking about AI chips, as we just showed, it's way more than AI chips. It's right. AI chips. It's AI machines. It's the um, it's it's uh, bridging the gap between traditional machines into AI machines. Then it's all the services along with to help companies get there. All the software to run on those. And oh, by the way, it's across every industry and sector in the world. All of them. Yeah. It's um, and we we don't have to do the Walsh video. By the way, I literally said everything he said in that video in half the time, okay. and you didn't have to hear him say it. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. What's so, so? Let's then talk about. So we we, we kind of teed up this Gemini discussion, and you know, obviously some of this some of the stuff in the uh, let me pull this article back up in the Zero Hedge article is hilarious. Some of it is horrifying, but Gemini pulling? is blaming its um its creator. They are they are blaming their god, which in this case is a person. Right, um, is a the, person. the god right. of the god of of Gemini. Gemini is the god that that they created, but Gemini's god is Jack Crossick. Crossick, chick, chick. I don't know how to say that. Um, but let's let's see what he has to say. This is the creator of. Uh, so here you see Zero Hedge says cast in their image. AI chatbots, as we as we've come to understand, are a reflection of both the data sets they train on. X post, Reddit, et cetera. In the case of the AI research community and all of the companies within the AI research community, the data set is significantly more broad because we're talking about, like, think about NVIDIA and the data that we just, t- like, the, the all of those industries, that data, the, you know, much more than just Twitter posts and Reddit. But it's also not just the data sets. It's also uh, a reflection of their programmers who can insert absurd bias into their output. And while historical revisionism on the entertainment platforms such as Netflix begin to reinforce historical revisionism being taught in schools, Gemini is being peddled as a reliable source of information. Ex-user leftism compiled several ex-posts from Gemini Experiences, Senior Director of Project Management, Product Management, rather, Jack Krawchick, which likely shows the model discriminated against white people. 
White privilege is effing real. Don't be an asshole and act guilty about it. Do your part in recognizing bias at all levels of of egregious. Okay. Acknowledging systemic racism. Jesus only cares about white kids. I'm pretty sure that's in the Bible. Let's confirm with Jeff Sessions. This is America where racism is the number one value. Our populace seeks to uphold above all. I have experienced none of these things being a white man in America. We obviously have egregious racism in this country. Mind paying. I don't mind paying more for taxes and investing in overcoming systemic racism. He sounds hysterical. I do mind paying more in taxes. Re harder, dude. Like cope harder, my friend. Seriously. Yeah, he's uh, he he's hysterical, but but the that worldview, which governs so many institutions now, that that worldview that he was spewing is the predominant worldview among the people in power. Whether we're talking about government power or we're talking about industry, you know, private private sector power, the the that mindset is what is governing the yeah. The, the world right because yeah. these people aren't these people aren't just spewing this stuff they're baking it in to our lived experiences to the world around us and certainly that's the case with gemini so when you look at that worldview gemini is the perfect it, it i mean you you couldn't have that, it's that like the perfect vehicle for them yeah it couldn't be parodied yeah, the fact no, it's... That, that mindset results in an ai that will not create a picture of a white person because it might hurt someone's feelings Right. And this uh, this was right before the show as well. Elon tweets, what's the difference between a conspiracy and the truth? About six months on the left. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to get rid of white people. That's a far right conspiracy theory on the right. OK, then now show me a picture <laughs> of the founding fathers. That's a good one. That, so, that is a really good one. Yeah. I mean, that's the Yeah. We're, we're sliding down the slope. Yeah, we are. And it's not even like. It's not even like fun snow. It's like icy and melty and like you can't really like stop the slide. Like and I do think that's part of why Elon was like, I bought a Microsoft computer and this is what happened at the same time. He's shitting all over Gemini. He's absolutely throwing shade all over Microsoft with this stuff. But it's people got to wake up to it soon because it's it's a scary proposition. What could happen if we don't if we don't kind of stem the tide now? Like it, it, it it frightens me. You know, I love you to death. You really are one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. But getting to know you has taught me a lot more about AI than I ever knew. And I'm significantly more terrified now of AI than I ever was. So <laughs> thanks, I, I guess. Love you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's important to have a realistic understanding. And, you know, I like I'm not Brian and I argue about this all the time. I'm not terrified. I'm not terrified of the technology. I. I I'm terrified of, of people like this jackasshole, right? Who who have the who are in the power centers, who have the ability to shape. That if let me say let me let me say it this way: if Skynet is going to be real, it's going to be because of assholes like Jack, and it's going to be at their direction. It's not right. going to be because the the technology decided that that's the the right way to go it's going right. to be because jack taught the technology well, to believe that if that it's kind sense. of the same thing as as a gun right like no gun in the history of humankind has ever like loaded itself racked itself aimed itself and pulled its own trigger it's the same thing with this technology and we've said that on this show before like it's not it's not inherently the technology that bothers me it's the assholes wielding it and getting their grubby little paws all over it and directing the direction it's heading that's what 
what scares me. But you know what? Um, ultimately, God wins and my faith lies with him. So any any fear I feel over it is is always passing. Like it doesn't hang on, but it's just I guess it's realizing what it could be if it's not taken care of is is the frightening aspect. 100 percent. Um, Crystal says, talk AI with CanCon. Your feel will your feel will, fear will go up. No, it won't. I, I I've I've had um you know long but we've had several AI conversations on the air. We've had a lot more AI conversations off the air. And uh I'm not afraid of it. No, no, I'm not. You know what? Excuse ultimately me. ultimately there's excuse you're totally fine. Uh, was that a sneeze or a cough? It was a sneeze. Oh, well, bless you. Um, <clears throat> you know, ultimately, there's plenty of things cropping up that we all have a choice to be fearful over. And Yeah, we- but all the things that are cropping up to make us afraid are being done by the same freaking people. The same people. The same and people. That, so- that, to me, is where it's like, okay, well, so you've lied to us about everything, and you always lie to make us terrified. Because right. when we're terrified, then we allow you to do whatever you want. Now you're lying about this. I'm not going <laughs> to believe you exactly and so yeah my my point was gonna be like they can always they can push the fear all they want to and we'll feel it at points but like the reason we included there's nothing to fear but fear itself at the beginning of the show in our intro is not because either one of us love fdr it's because the quote is true so just make the choice not to fear it it's it's exactly it's exactly what you just said it's the same assholes that told us the vaccine was safe. It's the same assholes that told us masks help reduce transmission. It's the same assholes that told us 2020 was safe. Now they're telling us to be afraid of AI. Yep. Don't. Just don't buy into the fear. It's, it's that Yeah, simple. and the way that you get around fear is by getting educated. And I yep. think reading, you know, reading in their own words, but then also listening to, uh, you, you've, got, you've got to have critical thinking. Right. We can't just read the words of AI researchers, take them at face value and then all get terrified and not come out of the house. Amen. We have to read the words of AI researchers and then look at what are the incentives of AI researchers and who is paying AI researchers and why might they be telling us these things? That's where I go. Because I. And then how do you from there? How do you expose it and stop it? Because that's how you do it is knowledge and information and learning. That's so it could be scary at first. Like initially when I first started diving into the AI, AI stuff, I was like, oh, this is scary. But yeah, the, the thought of it is, but you got exposure. Exposure breeds enlightenment, breeds knowledge and, and winning. That's that's what happens, man. It's it's a scary topic, but I also believe it's it's all being exposed for a reason as well. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And uh, with that, we are out of time. We have a couple of rumble rants. IKS9123, human pilots can be vaxxed and die suddenly where AI isn't. What are your thoughts? It's funny that you bring that up because um, I was having an AI discussion with my um, oldest son and he straight up told me AI is going to replace pilots. He's like, you know, there's there's too many there's too many problems that you can have with pilots. They're going to make the planes powered by robots, maybe, right? Um, and, and you know, they they get it to the point where autopilot is sufficient and significant enough. I I don't I've ne- I've never enjoyed the idea of driverless cars. I certainly don't enjoy the idea of driverless planes. <laughs> I think it's a yeah. recipe for yeah. My answer to that yeah, question would be like, I'm, I'm most definitely a plane fag. I've spent a lot of time on flight radar and ADSB, And when you do that, you realize there's tens of thousands of flights every day all across the globe. How many crashes have 
we had directly related to a pilot falling out while in control of the plane right now related to yeah. crashes that were born from issues with an autopilot or AI system on the airplane. That's how I'll answer that one right now. The AI systems are not, I'd say they're both equally as, as are equally as fallible right now is what I would say. I would more still more trust a human than AI, but that's not me saying yeah. there's not a risk to either. I'm with deplorable D not scared of AI, just sitting back and watching the dance between Lucifer and God and the fulfillment of prophecy. It's curious and wondrous. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Amen. Agreed. Uh, and then we have Mima Hunter. Thank you so much for the rant. Ash and Paul, two of my favorite badlanders. Thank you for all you do. And thank you so much. Um, do you want to read the, uh, the, um, the Other ways to support Badlands. Well, I was going to go look and see if there were a boost. There is. I, I do have a oh. boost. One second. Oh, yeah. I'll grab it. I love a boost. Uh, it is from D Huber 40. It says, Ash, you are the best. You're a true asset to every show you host and co-host. Your spirit shines bright through this storm. I absolutely agree with D Huber on that comment. And then she yeah. says, absolute. You're not too bad yourself. Thank you both for what you do and sacrifice for humanity. Blessed blessed see you in deadwood guard amen my friend thank you so much for the love yeah of thank you so much to you oh my god we're officially out of time like seriously we are we are definitely out of time all right so everybody if you want to support badlands media in other ways head over to badlandsmedia.tv you can do boosts you can um sign up to be a badlander you can join you know get to the badlands shop get to the merch shop all of the things and we're going to get out of here because there's something coming and nothing can stop what that is because not the, what's coming is nothing can stop what's coming. I love making that joke. I know it's super hokey and silly, but it just, I love backing right up to that show so that I can always say that nothing is going to stop what's coming next. <laughs> simple things, man. Simple things. Is. Nothing wrong. This with is it. simple things. We love you guys. We'll see you guys. Uh, I'll, I'll see you guys tomorrow on um, the brief in the morning. I think you have sports talk tomorrow, right? Correct. Awesome. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have an absolutely phenomenal rest of your evening and a great week. And uh, God bless. Bye-bye. Friends, first off, thank you so very much for joining us. We truly and deeply appreciate your continued support and love shown to us here at Badlands Media. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up on this video and help get this show on the Rumble leaderboard. Another way you can support Badlands for free? Become a Badlander. How do you do that? Head on over to BadlandsMedia.tv, click Connect from the top menu, and then click Be a Badlander. Once you're registered, you can download clips from your favorite Badlands shows to share on your social media accounts. You can also print out flyers and stickers that you can hand out at an event and more. Let's keep growing our community because we are the news now and we take that very seriously. Thank you again from Badlands for your support and your love. It is appreciated more than you know.